We're so good with teaching our kids. If you have a sucky moment, scream into the pillow, but do it with them. Or if you don't have kids, just go into a closet and go and scream into the pillow because that pent up anger and frustration is guess what? Going to turn into resentment, passive aggressive, and other emotions that we really don't want festering because then it pours into people that are closest to us. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams with the I Heart My Life show. I'm Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your I Heart My Life show host. This is your one-stop shop for all things personal development meets lifestyle. So pull up a seat, get out a pen and a paper and get ready to learn. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show, Nita. I'm so excited to have you back for round two. Our episode previously was one of my favorites, just hearing more about your backstory, talking about moving through challenge. And I know since we're talking about your incredible new book, That Sucks, Now What? We're going to get into all of the good stuff, all the challenges of life. Oh, it's so beautiful. And talk about some of your frameworks and just how powerful this mission is to support people and not just moving through challenge, but giving themselves the time to go into it learn what they need to learn, and get all the lessons. So welcome. Yay. I'm so glad to be here. Can you share a little bit about who you are for those who haven't heard the full episode previously and the work that you do in the world? Yeah. So I have had, I feel like, many lives, and I am such an advocate for emotional health and in the intersection of how grit and resilience plays a role into our lives as well as into our next seasons of life and next chapters because I'm known as the queen of resilience as well as the queen of reinvention. And I was a former cosmetic dentist and I've had life happenings that led me in all of these different routes to arrive today as a, you know, now four-time author writing books around grit and resilience. I do support communities in the coaching world uh, as a serial entrepreneur, um, as an angel investor, as somebody who is so passionate about entrepreneurship, but also loving what we do. And the two companies that I founded, Global Grit Institute, is the Mental Wellbeing Institute for Entrepreneurs and Leaders and Dharma Coaching Institute, where we help you uh, transition into a career of being the sole purpose or sole purpose life coach. And here we are today talking about my next book called That Sucked, Now What? How to Embrace the Joy and Chaos and Find Magic in the Mess. And it's been honestly a labor of love over the course of probably ever since I shifted into motherhood. And I know, Emily, you're you're in that road, very new. And, you know, I think it starts at the time of, of conception, really. But, you know, thinking about the extra person, thinking about how we want to show up for them. And then they arrive and then we're like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. So I'm, and I'd been through a lot of life and I am so grateful that I was able to experience such a contrast when motherhood came, because I know that at least from my experience, even the joy in the chaos 
was incredible because I grew up in a very chaotic environment and chaos was my norm for like two decades. And so to enter motherhood where it is a different kind of chaos in your everyday and to still be so, you know, you're overtired, but you're like this bundle of little gooey smushiness is, you know, calling you mama, then like doing all the things. It just gives you the contrast of life. And that's really where, you know, why, why we're here and what we're all about, right? The full spectrum of the human journey. So. So beautiful. So for the person listening, who's like, I don't understand how chaos and suck can go with joy. Can you break it down a little bit more and help us understand how that's even possible? Yes. Well, mine started with uh, a big suck and a big pivotal moment. Although uh, when I talk about it in the book, the first phase of it is the magical moment that sucked. And you're not really supposed to know that it's the magical moment that sucked because when you're in it, it is the suck. It is the heart aching pain. It is the betrayal. It is the you know, the dagger in the back or the punch in the gut, it takes you by storm and it is awful. It's raw. It's real. It's big. It's overwhelming. It's anxious. It's painful. And, you know, for me, that big pivotal moment was, you know, over a decade ago when I would go into my own awakening and I talk about the concept of the fall in my book, part of the framework to fly forward past the suck and when we have a fall, whether it's a challenging time in life, whether it's a financial challenge or a relationship challenge, or the fact that we're not getting along with a friend, a best friend, we found out that somebody was talking about us, whatever the case is, right? Where we are second guessing ourselves, we're, we're like, we have to shift either our reality about something or we have to do something that we didn't sign up to do, or we have to change something completely that's when we get into that ignition stage because we're at that fall. And for myself, it was leaving a relationship. It was leaving my first marriage. It was half finally recognizing that I was in the suck of not being treated right in my first marriage. But I was so afraid to let everybody down around me who was like, well, Nita, you've already been through so much. Why would you why would you do this? And, and for those who don't know my backstory, you know, I lost my mom, my brother, and my dad all before I was 19. So that was what they were referring to. Like, why would you want to leave something or, you know, you can work it out. And I wasn't fully honest. I didn't really tell him them the times that I was in an abusive relationship and this relationship was toxic. I wasn't fully forthcoming. And so when we are able to embrace the suck and actually acknowledge and say out loud, all right, the moment that I'm in sucks. And this honestly became a mantra. It was literally my mantra. And I share in the book that I call it my anchor. Like, what is your anchor? For a, for a very long time, I used to wear a bracelet, especially during those dark days after my divorce, when I was healing, when I was dry heaving at every chance I got, even though my dental practice was thriving and I would cry in the parking lot 
because the feelings were so overwhelming. And I'm like, I don't know where to put it. And the thing was, I hadn't really processed or integrated a lot of the emotions that I wasn't allowed to express when I was growing up. I don't know about you, Em, but when I was growing up, you know, my dad will always say, I'd give you something to cry about. Like we had so much chaos. My mom was in the hospital. You know, we had other, my grandparents would come and they would take care of us. Like it was, it was a lot of ruckus. And so for my dad to hold another thing of like me crying because I needed something, it was one way to shut us up. Right. And I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate to this because then how does it look a decade or two decades later when we are in relationship, when we're too afraid to express or when we're putting on a facade that everything is right and we're trying to be perfect in all the ways and we don't allow anybody in. And that is the beauty of the unravel. That is the beauty of the breakdown. That's the beauty of that fall when you're like, oh, things can get so overwhelming and I don't have a place to put it, but I just need to share this. That's the moment. That's the ignition. That's the ignition that leads into rising and that rising is uncomfortable. <laughs> it's not easy. It's like, okay, I'm going to restructure my business or, okay, I'm going to have to say no to this because I have to now take care of my two kids or my kid is sick and I really want to go to this thing, but they come first. Or I've been putting my health on the back burner. I really want to say yes to this dinner, but I think maybe a bath and some chocolate feels really good right now. That's the rising of being okay with, oof, I don't know. It's like new territory, but it's reinventing. It's figuring out your new identity. And then we get into the magnifying. And that's stage four of you know flying forward because when we're magnifying, we're actually accepting our new reality. We're like, this is good. You've got a new pep in your step. You've built a little bit of confidence in where you're at. And you're okay that you are a beginner. You're okay that you're a novice at something that, all right, there's going to be chaos around you. You're rebuilding yourself, but you have a new flow to you. You're not pushing anymore. You're just allowing, and that feels really good. And then we get into the thriving stage. And the thriving stage doesn't mean that your fall is going to not suck or suck any less. It's still going to suck. We're still going to have sucks in our lives. And we're going to have these falls that suck. But we're not going to go all the way back to our dark night of the soul. And maybe we will, but because we have the tools, it won't be as traumatic, right? Or maybe we're not going to be judging the fact that, oh, I'm feeling like crap right now, or I'm feeling like I don't have any motivation, or I'm feeling like I'm just depleted. Like we're not going to judge those thoughts. We're going to accept them and we're going to welcome them because it's part of us to fly forward. And that's that cycle that we have. And hopefully it, it will allow us to create a different perspective about ourselves than we had ever thought. So good. Do you want to up-level every area of your life? Do you want to achieve more success, joy, and abundance? If so, head on over to iheartmylife.com slash go and check out everything we have going on to support you in creating a life that's better than your dreams. And why do you think it is that people get so uncomfortable when we do go to that place of vulnerability or we do release emotion? For example, if there's a parent who is uncomfortable with their kids expressing in that way, what do you think that is? 
Oh gosh, I can talk about that all day. I think I want to create like a course around that. You know, this is such a huge thing because even in our coaching communities and you know, I've trained about a thousand in one company and another one. Uh, we've we've talked about this and touched this uh, in you know with emotional grit. And when people ask in our coaching communities, well, how am I supposed to react when my client shares something and you know they're like uncontrollably crying? And I'll ask, well, what do you mean? What's uncontrollably crying? And they're like, you know, when they're when they're crying a lot during a session. And I would pause and I would say, well, let's re-ask the question and I'll pose a question back to you. How do you feel when somebody is crying and how does that actually make you feel when they're expressing emotion? Because that question had everything to do with how they view negative feelings, how they view those unprocessed feelings and does everything have to be all okay all the time. And it's the same thing with our kids. And it's the same thing with those, you know, it's, it's the biggest challenge right now with myself and my elders, uh, love them. And, you know, specifically I talk about my, my mother-in-law and my aunt, who's like my pseudo mom. She's like my bonus mom. She's pretty much helped raise, uh, my brother and I, and, and now when they see us with our kids where we choose a different way of parenting, I'm choosing to allow, and this is honestly what the birth of this book, the birth of the beginnings of this book happened when my son, Ari, when he turned two, it was like this emotional like wiggle worm of all of these feelings constantly expressing. And it was a constant day to day. And I was pregnant with our daughter and I was constantly ill and sick and didn't have the energy. And, and he's like having his moment and just fully expressing. And there were moments when my mother-in-law was around and my aunt was around and they'd say, and you know, they, they'll say like, well, why give this four finger tupper, which means like a slap on the face, because that's what we got. God forbid if we showed any other emotion. And I, I share this as a joke because Ajit and I, we do talk about that, like how we were reared when we were younger. And, and, and they even asked, so like, aren't you going to do anything? I'm like, what's, what's wrong with him expressing his emotions? And that's where I had to get so clear on my boundary as a mom, as well as even reparenting myself of like, ooh, because nobody wants to hear a child cry, but that's the biggest emotional intelligence. We're getting to the core of emotional intelligence. Training that we can do for ourselves is like, okay, let's Let's reshift our perspective on what crying even means. That means that we are allowing ourselves to release, release emotions that have been pent up and stuck. But what's our relationship to that? And for years, like I said, two decades, I suppressed it. You know, my coping mechanism was toxic positivity. And I'm a, you know, I'm a very enthusiastic, positive person. And I didn't allow myself to go there. I didn't allow myself to feel until I had no place to hide it anymore when it was just like oozing out of my face in every direction because that's when, you know, the big breakdown needed to happen in order to start healing. So my advice to moms or people who are like, you know, you, you, you're on a plane and then you're the one, because I used to be that person too, before kids, um, 
that's like, oh gosh, I, I have to sit next to you know the baby on the plane or or whatnot. And and this is me in my fullest singleness, like post divorce, like living my life. And then I was traveling around the world. And then I would get sat next to, you know, babies and things like that. And, and, and I hadn't done my emotional release processes yet. Yet for anybody that is, it, it's hard to make peace with. I want you to think, what, what were you allowed to express when you were growing up? Was it okay to express anger? Because I know that there's a chapter in my book, actually a whole section where we talk about the bounce factor. And the bounce factor is uh, you know, it's it's how to build your audacious resiliency, and it's how how high you can bounce, right? As a ball, how high you can bounce after sucky moments, after those moments that really take the wind out of you. And there's four components to that, and the first one is we have to look at our upbringing. Were we allowed to speak up at the dinner table? Were we allowed? Were we treated differently, boys versus girls? Were the boys allowed to scream and yell and get mad, and girls needed to be you know, poised and picture perfect or couldn't cry because we had to be tough like our like our brothers or whatever, right? These gender differences around emotions. And where does that show up in your relationships? Whether it's relationships to our, your kids or maybe even the people around you, are you sensitive around people crying? Because what were you taught about that growing up? Are you sensitive when people express anger or they get frustrated and they show big emotions? Is it because you weren't allowed to express big emotions? And I know I couldn't sit with either of those for a very, very long time. And which is why I wrote a whole book around it. There's a whole section around how to increase your emotional capacity to feel, to actually increase your bounce factor so that when things do hit the fan, when, when shit does happen, because it will are we allowing ourselves to feel and express? And, you know, I, I have emotional release practices in the book that allow us and give us permission to stomp out the suck, scream out the suck. Uh, and, and so that we can release the pent energy that sometimes is stuck so it doesn't turn into something else or a huge breakdown. I love that. And one of the things that's coming up for me, or at least a fear that I know that I've had in the past is what if it's so much emotion that I can't actually bounce back and it takes me down for far longer than I want and I'm unable to do my tasks and achieve and be the person and blah, blah, blah. But why is it so important to the bounce back to actually go there? Yeah. So here's the thing about you know, that sucked. And now what? There's a reason why there is that sucked to actually a acknowledge, okay, acknowledge yourself. This is not dismissive. This is not bypassing. It's not spiritually bypassing. It's, it's still, you're acknowledging it, acknowledging it by saying, wow, that sucked. Wow. I'm feeling defeated right now. Wow. This is really big right now. Wow. I have so many emotions right now. Just acknowledging that. All right. That's the first part. And the second part, that's the now what? So it's not just sitting in that victim state, right? Which that sucked. Yeah, we could definitely have a, what I call a pity party for one in the book. Like, let's have our pity party. Let's, let's you know, be on the couch, you know, eat some ice cream, watch some Netflix. Like, all right, cool, great. And the now what piece. 
And the now what piece is not just being, you know, the victor of your story uh, and being that hero, but it's acknowledging. So the vulnerability in between of like, okay, I got this. So maybe it's putting your hand on your heart, but I got this and I know I'm going to have to tread carefully and I know that I have to take action. So what is that small action step? Another component of the bounce factor is leaning into discomfort and leaning into discomfort creates your new environment or what's in your current environment. What's in your current environment that maybe you're complacent in or you've allowed yourself the complacency because of whatever is going on that now you can invite some good stress in so that you aren't sitting in the suck for too long. So maybe if it was a relationship challenge, maybe you are opening yourself to dating. Maybe it's not like trying to find the one, but maybe you're saying, okay, like, sure, I'll go on a date with this person, even though I'm I'm curious, but I'm skeptical because I had my heart broken, or I'm I'm curious, but I'm reserved. Like those feelings can coexist at the same time. And the duality of both is so beautiful because every time we lean into that discomfort, like asking for help or sharing, you know what? I'm not really feeling it right now in terms of going on this trip or or doing this next project. I think I'm going to just take a break and being okay with a decision. That's leaning into the good stress of that so that we're getting out of the suck. Got it. And one of the things that you mentioned was identifying if there was a certain emotion that you were not allowed to or wasn't accepted for you to express. And I know for me, you know, James always says I'm very emotionally generous, which I love, but I can see that that's not across the board. I'm not emotionally generous with anger because that wasn't something that was expressed in my family. And I don't remember anyone ever saying, don't get angry, but it just wasn't expressed. So if someone identifies that there is a certain emotion how would you invite them to kind of tap into that and to learn how to express in a deeper way? Oh, it's so good. So I love that you asked that. And and I love the term emotionally generous because (laughs) it's a great, it's a great term. So when you actually buy the book, that sucked. Now what? It comes with a 40 page, like full on journal and journal is colorful. It's, it's chock full of like your own protocols for healing. And we collaborated with the artist, uh, Hey Amber Ray, because I just loved her work. And she's like the queen when it comes to these mental health, emotional health memes. And I said, all right, how can we talk about feelings so that people can visually see it? And then I could actually put it in, you know, a journal so that we, people can go deeper in it. And it happens to be on this page, actually, funny enough, but it's so one of the memes and one of the emotional release practices is how to embrace the suck moments. And what I want to just um, answer your question is if there is an emotion, and usually it's one or the other, usually it's either anger or it's sadness, right? Sadness, grief, that we are just those two were not allowed, right? You can express. Uh, joy, happiness, like that's all allowed to our family. Like, okay, uh, every time I would bring home a trophy from a piano competition or a dancing competition, everyone was like, yay. But if I was scared because in the sixth grade, I was being bullied and I didn't even want to go into the school bathroom because, you know, whatever, that wasn't allowed. 
And it was like the subject would get changed right away. So if any of this resonates with you, I have a whole practice on, it's a full embodiment practice. We are screaming out the suck. We are stomping out the suck. And it's a, it can be as short as a three minute practice because we put on music that is funny and ridiculous. And this was honestly inspired because at, at the age of two and a half, when we had a that sucked now up moment after my my daughter was born, and it's a quick story, but our uh, babysitter never showed up after literally it was like two months of planning. And uh, I wanted to have an adult date with my husband. And we were like in the throes of like newborn stage. Isla was a baby. And you know this, um, we had just moved to Austin, couldn't find childcare and we don't have our families around. So it was a big deal to like get everything set up for this babysitter. I mean, you're going for like three hours. And so I had a list, everything. I had the snacks for both kids, schedules for both kids. I like planned all of the things, got, you know, my beautiful black dress, had everything set up for this person who I had confirmed three times before that day. And then for that day, we're waiting and we got ready and Ajit's looking all cute. And I'm like, all right, we're going to go celebrate. And she doesn't show up. And I thought, okay, maybe she's late because I sometimes run late. And so I gave her the benefit of the doubt. 30 minutes goes by and then we're waiting even more. And I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to hit panic attack because I didn't know the secret yet, but when you, you're in motherhood, you probably already know you need to have backup support, backup support for people. Um, <laughs> it's a thing. Uh, so backup one and two and three and four. I didn't know it at the time. Uh, and so I, uh, after frantically texting her 10 times, she finally answers and says, sorry, not going to make it. And I can just feel like my blood <laughs> boiling. I could feel like, okay, where's all my emotional release practice now? Like, what is going on? So I am pouting. I have my victim moment. I start crying. I'm like, why is this happening? So I said, why can't we find support? All of these things. And I just start just like fully, you know, letting it out. And I'm like walking pacing myself in the, in the living room. And then finally, my son, Ari, goes, Mama, why are you stomping like a dinosaur? And that was like the beginning of the end because that really put everything in perspective. I'm like, okay, that sucked. Now what? And we could do something with this. And so what I said to Ajit was, you're right. You know, I said, all right, dad, go get some ice cream. <laughs> We're going to have movie night. And are you right? Mama is dancing like a dinosaur. So I put on the song, uh, Cats and Boots, the Dinosaur Dance. I kid you not, this is a real song. It was what he was into at the time. And it was just, it was like this, like, you know, big EDM song. It's like, dance like a dinosaur, shake like a dinosaur, fly like a velociraptor. I mean, it's so ridiculous. But we started shaking and dancing and like, you know, like just going back and forth. And guess what? I felt better. It was, and he's giggling and I'm giggling. And then I'm forgetting, of course, it sucks that I couldn't have a night with my husband and my hair was all done and my makeup was done and I had eyelashes on and all of the things. But you know what? We had that moment. And so 
to allow ourselves. And many times, if you haven't been okay in expressing rage or anger, allow that process to, you know, we got our pillows and we started throwing like teddy bears across the room. And I say this with such humor because I think we give our permission to ourselves with our kids to play like a child, to throw things across the room like our kids. But even if you don't have kids, allow yourself to, you know, that's the reason why rage rooms came into play to allow that moment for yourself, whether it's taking, and one of the practices that I have is take a pillow and scream into the pillow. We're so good with teaching our kids, if you have a sucky moment, scream into the pillow, but do it with them. Or if you don't have kids, just go into a closet and go and scream into the pillow because that pent up anger and frustration is guess what? Going to turn into resentment, passive aggressive, and other emotions that we really don't want festering because then it pours into people that are closest to us. So I I, I can talk about this all day because obviously I'm so passionate about it. But yes, you'll get all of those practices when you get the book. And it also comes with a five-day healing practice where we start out with relationships and then we go into your health and vitality And then we go into your abundance and your desires. And then we land on the last two days with brave action steps and coming back to yourself because it starts and ends really with you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I I think many of us aren't actually taught how to move emotion through us as adults. And I don't think I was taught screaming into a pillow as a child. And even I think, when was it? We were living in London at the time. So I was in my 30s. And I told James, I was like, I feel like I need to just scream. But we were in one of those, you know, the houses that are all connected. And he's like, well, I'll drive you to an empty parking lot and you can just scream in the car. I was like, oh, you're amazing. (laughs) But it's just like recognizing when you feel like you need to release something and giving yourself the permission to do it as well. Because I think we just get in our head about what is that going to look like, even just to, you know, the people who are closest to us or our neighbors or whoever, but there are ways to release it as you described. And it's really important to give yourself that permission. Give yourself that space. Yes. There are playlists on Spotify of ridiculous music. It doesn't even have to be kids music, but it's funnier when it's kids music because it's... (laughs) Yeah. Love it. So where can people buy this incredible book? So you can get this at thatsuckednowwhat.com. And uh, when you do, again, you unlock uh, your three bonuses. The third one is your ticket to our virtual launch party with uh, so many amazing trainings and tools as well. Well, thank you for writing such an incredible book and for putting yourself out there in this way and teaching us how to tune into our emotion, also release it, and also continue to take action. Um, I'm so grateful for you and all of your wisdom and James and I always talk about how you and Ajit, like you have so much on your plate and yet you're always so available for us as friends. And it's obvious the work that you've done personally to not get caught up in the suck and to have that bounce, bounce back. And yeah, it's just super admirable. So thank you for sharing this with the world. Thanks. um, Appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Heart My Life show. Now do us a favor and tell people about this episode. It's truly our duty to make sure that the I Heart My Life movement is spread far and wide. 
The truth is life can be challenging, but it is possible for all women to love themselves and their lives. And while you're at it, send a link to this episode to three of your friends today, or maybe even post it on social media. Use the hashtag I hurt my life show. That's hashtag I hurt my life show. And if you'd like to help me personally, then please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars, cheer us on and leave a review because believe it or not, that stuff actually really does help. And I read all of them. Please remember everything you desire is meant for you and possible. Keep showing up, taking action and believing in your dreams.